are the Marcelin Brothers, and this is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast, MBP for short. We are here to share our story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MVP attack. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Today is December 22nd, 2019. And if you're listening or watching, you're listening or watching to the Marston Brothers Podcast Holiday Episode Edition. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Merry Christmas. Sounds fantastic. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We've got the Marston Brothers in the house. Where are we right now? I'm cubed in the building. You know, it's been a while since all three of us have been on a podcast at the same time. But back to your question. Where are we? We are in Vero Beach, Florida. Ooh, and it's warm out. Hey. That's true. That's true. We are outside on the patio overlooking the lake at my new residence. Hey. That's correct, everybody. I finally got a house. I finally settled down. I moved in maybe a month ago with the wife and kids. Starting to get furniture, had everybody up for Christmas. It's been really nice to have the whole family in one spot, and it feels great. It feels great. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been a minute since you've been here. Yes, it has. I feel like I've been on call every other day, and looking at the calendar, I think I have been. So Friday, I got my stuff ready, and I was getting ready to leave, and I was walking out the door, and I got stopped, no no exaggeration, at least 10 times by people walking by saying, Dr. Marston, where are you going? And I just replied, home. And they would all stop, look at their watch, and be like, but it's only three. You're usually the last one here. What's going on? Is everything okay? And I just replied, uh, no, I'm just going out of town for the weekend. And they were just all very surprised. And then I texted my wife and I said, hey... Am I taking a lot of call? I've been stopped about five or six times and people are about to pass out when I tell them I'm leaving. And she said, yeah, yeah, you do take a lot of call. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm glad that you're able to enjoy the weekend. So MVP crew, just to let you guys know, you know, for us, all three of us and the family, it's very difficult for us to always be together at one location exactly on Christmas Day. Because we're all healthcare professionals, and as you guys know, healthcare professionals, we work all the time. There is always somebody who needs help. So because of that, it's very difficult for the three of us to always be up at the same time. So when we do Marston Family Christmas, we tend to try to book it on a calendar date that is not necessarily the 25th. It is at some time where all of us can hang out together and whatever that day is will be when we do Martin Family Christmas. So it ends up being today on the 22nd, and that's why we're doing that. So when you guys are listening to this podcast, you guys may be listening to this on Christmas Day. It's because we've already celebrated the Martin Family Christmas, and each of us will probably do our own nuclear family Christmas on those days. So that's what we do. We've been doing this tradition for about five or six years, I think, from when I started residency. You know, we were doing that, and Marvin is finishing up this year, so... That is just how it falls in. So that's just what we're doing, and that's a tradition because I feel this one. I think you guys do too. It's not the date that 
shows what Christmas is all about. It's more of the times, it's more of the memories, it's more of us hanging out with each other. So we are very big proponents on that. So that's the reason why we're doing this on the 22nd. So Christopher, we caught up with you a little bit. You've been, well, you've been on call a lot, but you've also done some world traveling on your own. So why don't you update the MVP crew on what you've been doing? Yes, I took my first vacation in a while. Um, real vacation because the grandparents came up and watched the kids. And then me and my wife went on a cruise Nice with Royal Caribbean, name drop. Uh, I'd love a, a commission of some sort, but <laughs> I doubt you guys are listening. Is this podcast today sponsored by Royal Caribbean, by chance? I wish it was, but hold on. Let me check for a list of sponsors. Uh, let me scroll down to the R's. No. 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 So there is still a slot open, Royal Caribbean, if you would like to sponsor us. I mean, I am Team Carnival, but hey... I can be bought. I can be persuaded. So let me know. <laughs> Money talks. I'm all ears. Let's do this. Let's get to the right dollar amount. Uh, we went to <laughs> La Badzi, Haiti, and Jamaica. Uh, it was five days, four nights. And we went with some friends from high school. So it was a great time. We had a great time. No kids, just adults. Gosh, you were doing dual income, no kids style for a little bit. You were dink status. Yes, I tried to be like Marvin for a little bit. Oh, yes. If we could only be like Marvin. Well, speaking of Marvin, what's been going on with you since the last time we spoke? How was the trip down for the Marston family Christmas? The trip down was good. Uh, so my wife and I, we were up at 5.30 in the morning. We had to go to work, do wow. our thing. Um, so right after work, we had to hop in our cars, drive to the airport. We flew out of AC, um, what's which AC? is Atlantic City Airport. So it was about uh, an hour and a half, two hours away from where we live. We got some great flights, uh, great tickets. Um, we flew Spirit, which was, you know, for all intents and purposes, straight to the point. So we're happy about that. Now, the things that have been changing with me uh, deal with, uh, I know for the past couple episodes, I've been briefly talking about uh, securing a property and you know, moving on, getting the second income producing rental property congrats i'm jealous i just closed so i closed closed. my second investment property so it's officially in the books let's get the round of applause the round of applause all right and um you know now it's now it's time to to get the ball rolling even more i got the property now i'm just fixing it up and then i'm going to find a tenant and then we're going to move on so i'm going to try to stick to that that pace of one property a year. That's what I'm looking at. Well, very cool, man. I'm very... Well, again, congratulations on doing that. I think, again, that idea, that plan is a wonderful plan. So I hope you keep on doing what you're doing. For me, it is. it was just ending another work week. I'll be at work for a couple of days next week. But hopefully it'll be a slow week where I'm able to catch up on stuff. But, I mean, the real thing was coming up on Saturday. You know, giving Ophelia a surprise. We ended up going to SeaWorld. SeaWorld is... Her, probably her favorite place on earth. Again, I've told a lot of you guys, a lot of MDB crew, that SeaWorld is a very hidden jewel. Like, I had never gone until this year, but SeaWorld is very affordable. I mean, $70, $80 for a ticket. In addition to that, there are practically no lines compared to Disney. You're able to walk around and do rides. It doesn't take you 45 minutes to go from the ticket booth actually into the theme park. So, it's a good hack so those of you guys who are trying to look for the orlando living without having to spend a lot of time i think SeaWorld is a good look and usually around 
the month of July or August, they end up doing a deal where you buy a ticket and you can go to the rest of the parks for the rest of the year for free if you have paid admission. So that's something that is a pretty good hack. So I definitely encourage you guys to check that out if you have an opportunity to do so. So with that being said, why don't we start off with some of the episodes? So why don't I start us off with the episodes? So we have three episodes, but one of them is a part one, part two thing. So I'm going to start off with the first. My episode is going to be eight-year-old tops YouTube list of high earners with $26 million. And this was written in CNN Business by Rory Sullivan. And this was written on Tuesday, December 19th. So again, pretty much fresh off the press. An eight-year-old boy who reviews toys on YouTube has been named by Forbes as the platform's highest earner in 2019. Ryan Kaji, whose channel Ryan's World has 22.9 million subscribers, earned $26 million in 2019, up $4 million from his earnings in 2018 when he also gained the highest earning YouTube spot. Forbes estimate that the 10 highest earners on YouTube, which is owned by Google, brought in a total of $162 million between June 1st, 2018 and June 1st, 2019. Ryan first garnered an internet following in the unboxing genre, which involves opening presents on camera and commenting on each one. Forbes list is based off of pre-tax income derived from many things such as sponsored content, advertisements, merchandise, sales, and tours. Another child, her name is Anastasia, she's a five-year-old, came in third place with earnings of $18 million. She was born in southern Russia and has cerebral palsy, appears in videos with her father. According to Forbes, she has 107 million subscribers across seven channels and her videos have been watched 42 billion times. One of her most successful videos was a filmed on a trip to a petting zoo where her and her dad danced to Baby Shark. Dude Perfect, a group of five friends in their 30s who play sports and perform stunts, came in second place earning $20 billion. PewDiePie, once YouTube's highest earner, came in seventh with earnings of $13 million. Earlier this month, he, he announced that he would be taking a break from the platform, saying that he felt very tired. YouTube has announced that next year it will stop personalized advertisements on children's content. This comes after Google has agreed to pay $170 million to settle accusations that YouTube broke the law when it knowingly tracked and sold ads targeted to children. So the biggest earners, and we'll just do a list of 10. Again, Ryan Kaji, $26 million. Dude Perfect, $20 million. Anastasia Radzinski Zaja, $18 million. Rhett and Link, $17.5 million. Jeffree Star, $17 million. Preston, $14 million. And then we talked about... PewDiePie and Mark Pilier, which are both at $13 million. Dan TDM was $12 million. And Vanoss Gaming was $11.5 million. So, what do you guys think? YouTubers making money, balling not on a budget, but what do you guys think about money and how they're able to do this and how this whole game works? I completely respect the game because I find myself when I'm having issues, I'm quick to Google any problem I have or any question I have. Um, the other day I had an issue with 
connecting something or put it together, I hop on Google, I YouTube it, and I specifically go to a YouTube channel and I watch someone in my face step by step showing me how to put together whatever or whatever I'm looking at. Also the other day I decided to buy some wireless headphones for my TV. Once again, I had nothing I had no knowledge about the market. Hopped on Google, I typed in the top ten wireless headphones, read the article, and I made my choice based off that article. So these guys are doing work, they're doing the research, and they're putting it in a way that's easy for parents to read. So I'm sure parents don't have any idea what their kids want for Christmas, so they hop on this kid's YouTube page, and they might get probably the top five things that he says he likes, and their kids end up liking it. It makes the job for the parents easier. The kids might not even know what they like, and then they just hop on his YouTube page, and they're like, oh, that's cool. So he's providing a service, and he should be able to collect money for it, whether it's through advertisements, which I think it's that's how Google makes money. I think money a lot of what happens with the YouTube is based off of advertisements, based on how many people subscribe and look at the channels. It's kind of their way of being able to throw ads while they're looking at it because they know people will watch it if you got that many hits. And he's doing work. Whether or not it's hard for him, it's still work. He's providing a service. He's getting up. He has equipment. He's putting on a show. Whether or not he has to practice, he could shoot it freestyling without um, researching anything ahead of time. That's just a natural talent that he has, and he deserves to be compensated for it. So I'm not mad at him. Congrats. I wish I would have thought of it, but, you know, I would keep thinking. Marvin, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, it seems like such a simple idea. Like, the way, you know, back in the day, in order to have a viewing and following the only way that you'd be able to do it is if you were in the right place at the right time when it comes to TV or radio. But with the advent of things, media such as podcasts, such as YouTube, anybody who has a voice is able to do that. I mean, what do you think about a kid being this young, being able to have that large of a social network and pretty much dominating YouTube? Yeah, so this is the name of the game. When it comes to social media in general, it seems like the way it works is you, anybody and everyone can have their own platform. If you get enough people to want to watch and tune into that platform, then advertisers start to make take notice. And advertisers, they have their budgets and they essentially want to use their money to promote whatever product that they have. So just by having people, clicks, views, advertisers are happy to put advertisements on those pages. And so the individuals who are creating that content are going to make money off of it. So it seems as though it's like for the number of people that you have, advertisers are probably paying you maybe like a dollar, dollar fifty per person and per viewer, I guess. And if you have 150 million viewers okay maybe not that high of a number but if you have a substantial amount of viewers then each view they're probably paying a couple of cents per and so you know it kind of makes sense I, i think facebook also uses the same type of big picture uh protocol which is again if you have enough people liking or watching your your show or your channel or your page then people want to start advertising on it so it's really the advertising companies that are generating all the the money and hey i'm not mad at them if i don't like what i'm seeing i don't have to watch or see it so it's up to me to watch these people's channels and so because i have the control of 
clicking on their um, content, yes or no, I'm okay with the way that it's set up. As long as I don't have to pay to go on YouTube, this is upon me choosing to go on YouTube, and there happens to be a commercial, hey, that's fine. So, I'm okay with it, personally. I'm just... I guess I didn't realize how much money there is in YouTube. Again, when I'm reading these numbers, $26 million in one year from a YouTuber whose whole platform is opening presents on the camera, commenting on the presents, and that has led to $26 million. And I think that it's very innovative that... You know, you're you're starting to have individuals come up with very simple or what we would think would be simple ideas, but how quickly this spreads. And I know from my family, I've got several cousins who they are on YouTube and they just watch YouTube all day long. When they have nothing going on, they'll go to YouTube. And there's so many different channels. Like one of my cousins, you know, what he'll do is very into cooking. He's... He's into foods. He's a foodie, and he will watch a YouTube channel that just shows how to make certain things, how things are made, watching people eat it, and that has a following in itself. You know, there's channels where people will play. You remember when we were growing up and we played video games, and in the beginning of the video game, when we wouldn't touch the remote by itself, it would just computer would just play something. There are channels where people are just playing video games and they are watching people playing video games. Yeah, yeah. The I was reading a couple like articles on that and like Fortnite and there's an explosion of like video games are in now, whether you guys like it or not. And the interesting part about it is with the youngsters, it's not only just boys playing, it's boys and girls are playing video games. And now there's like a whole new community of young kids playing video games and they're joining together on different platforms. And yeah, people are tuning into YouTube channels just to watch other people perform. It's like entertainment for them. And the interesting thing about all of this is, I, I, I forget where I read it, but they basically said the amount of people viewing these games are more than NHL, NFL, NBA combined. Wow. <laughs> what? Wow. So I'm predicting, I don't know how long, but later on in the future, there's probably going to be people who are going to push for um, gamers to be um, uh, professional gamers. And then they're going to eventually, I'm calling it, they're going to eventually try to start creating like scholarships for professional gamers to go into college. And they're going to try to make it like uh, a sports league with professional gamers because there was a Fortnite um, challenge I guess where there was a kid who actually won and the winner wins like millions of dollars and people are tuning in to watch this stuff well Marvin I think your prediction unfortunately was a year or two too late because ESPN. they have e-leagues right now that are sponsored by ESPN yeah. wow. they have actual sports teams that have actual leagues with players and yeah. there's professional tournaments video game players. professional video games like madden for instance like that's a that's a normal thing any of your popular video games they already have it and they have contestants who enter so that already happened if 
we would have known that. I mean, we, the three of us, we played video games a lot. And if somebody were to tell us at that age that we could be professional video game players and actually make a living out of that, people would just tell us, what are you talking about? You're crazy. This is video games. Go to school. Do whatever you need to do. But nowadays, there are literally professional video game players who are sponsored. They have leagues. They make money. They do tournaments. And this is a big deal. I mean, it's so big to a point where people feel like they have burnout and they need to take a break. So all that stuff is already happening. That stuff is real. And that is the next phase of what's going on because these things go, there's tournaments that are all over the world. So it's it's a real thing. It's definitely a real thing. Any final comments on this story article before we move on to our next one? Because I, I think it's He's making more than twenty six million because people are also sending him products for free. Sure. With the hopes that he'll take them onto their YouTube page, uh, do a little review, and their sales will double, triple, and he gets a free whatever he's yeah. uh, reviewing. So I'm sure all that stuff that he gets, like you said, hey, here you go. Please test this out. Let me know what you think. And. They're able to make bank off of that because he just has one mention. So I think right. you're right. I they sell a right. hundred thousand copies just because they gave him one for free, and he just talks about it. So yeah, I'm not mad at him. All right, so I mean, we do I'm have a wrong. YouTube channel again, Marson Brothers Podcast. This is our YouTube. So hey, if anybody <laughs> wants us to test anything, hey, I have this Apple phone, iPhone. Hey, Apple, holla at me. Uh, I like electronics, TVs, uh, iWatches, gadgets, video game consoles. Uh, for me, I can travel, so I'm a cruiser. I mean, again, I'm Team Carnival, but I could be persuaded. You know, I like going on trips. My wife and I and Ophelia actually likes trips as well. So if you, airlines, if you want me to talk about your fantastic airline freights, come talk to me. I can help you out with that. You got any requests, Marvin, while we're at it? All the above. All actually, the above. Actually, I do like the cruises also. I do like to eat, so uh, send me to your restaurants. You got it. All right. All right. All right, let's, who wants to do the next article? I can do the next article. All right, so this is going to be, well, let me not say anything. Let me let Marvin talk. So go on ahead, my man. All right, y'all. So this next article is from the New York Post. It is entitled, Banana Duct Tape to a Wall Sells for 120000 at Art Basel, Miami. It's by Mary Sie- Mara Siegler and Natalie O'Neill. Right. Something's rotten in the art world, and it's probably this overpriced old fruit. A banana duct taped to a wall has been sold for a hard-to-stomach $120,000 at Art Basel, Miami, while children are peddling their paintings at the fair for up to $75,000. Wacky Italian artist Maurizio Catalan bought a piece of the local fruit at a local supermarket, then slapped it on a white wall at the Parisian Gallery during a VIP preview party, according to the artnet.com. A French collector then brought, bought the piece titled Comedian for its $120,000 listed price, and a second edition later sold at the same price to a man from the same country. A third is now up for grabs for $150,000, though Catalan intends to sell it to a museum. Catalan told Artnet he has been working on the produce-focused piece for a year and originally tried to construct the banana out of bronze and resin until he had an epiphany. I couldn't figure out how to finish it, Catalan mused. In the end, one day I woke up and I said, the banana is supposed to be a banana. 
<laughs> Catlin hasn't offered up instructions on how to deal with the work as it rots or how buyers should put it on display. Gallery owner Emmanuel Periton said he expects to toss out the soon-to-be-rotten banana that's currently being showcased unless a buyer wants it. Catalan, who also made an 8-carat solid gold toilet that was featured at the Guggenheim Museum three years ago, is known for being a prankster of the art world, but he rejected the idea that comedian was simply a joke, saying he and the art gallery arrived at the hefty price tag after several discussions. He isn't the only one making big money at the International Art Fest. A show called Kids Basil is featuring works from pint-sized painters as young as seven with the same, with some price, tens of thousands of dollars a pop. 12-year-old expressionist prodigy Alita Andre priced one of her works at the event for $75,000. Elizabeth Ennismau, 13, sold a piece for $12,500 that she created when she was only 11 years old. The painting... Waiting for Departure depicts two World War II-era children next to a suitcase. 15-year-old Isabella Koopman, who goes by Coops, sold four of her colorful collages for a total of $10,000. Among the work, among that was a work made out of candy wrappers with the phrase, Sweet Like Candy, which went for $1,500. Wow. So, uh, here's the thing. When I'm, when I'm listening to all this... I'm just amazed, number one, for how much money art can be sold for. But number two, correct me if I'm wrong, art is supposed to call to you, right? And so if you're drawn to a particular piece of art, it's something that your gut, your, 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 your inner self is saying, I want that piece. And then by having that connection, then you could determine whether or not something is worth what you think it's worth. But I don't know. I am. Am I missing something? I feel like he literally just uh, taped, duct taped a banana to a wall, and called it art. And someone wanted to buy that piece of art. Like, can I just duct tape an apple to a wall and then try it and see what happens? I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm. I'm at a loss for words right now. I. I am literally at a loss for words right now. Like I help me help me understand how a, a banana is worth one hundred twenty thousand dollars. So I go to a store. Like I'm, this is what I'm thinking right now. The guy again, he's thinking, oh, I need to do some sort of impressionist art, and I'm at a struggle. He goes to the grocery store and he looks at the banana and he says, "A banana is supposed to be a banana." He buys the banana for like. 25 cents he then goes to the museum he has a banana in his hand he gets duct tape he then puts the banana on the wall grabs the duct tape and tapes it and that 25 cent banana turns into $120,000 and the thing is he didn't just sell one he sold two of them and the third one's up for sales for $150,000. The first one got sold for $120,000. The second one got sold for $120,000. And now the third one is up for grabs for $150,000. Am I missing something? Is this an inside job? Is this just, hey, let's do a deal. I want you to buy this thing. <laughs> and then, you know, we'll get a lot of hype from it. 
And then before you know, more people are going to be tuning in and... So ladies and gentlemen, if you're not watching the camera right now, I have a piece of guava patty from La Careta. If you're listening and you want to sponsor the show La Careta, hit me up, marcelbrothers at gmail.com. Anyways, this patty is probably 50, 75 cents. So it's probably more than the banana. I'm going to post it right here. Instead of it being a white wall, this is what I would call a cream colored wall. So with that logic of cost and color, $300,000. <laughs> and I just chewed a piece of it. Now, this is a one of a kind patty because you have a bite taken out of it. So I raised that $300,000 to $310,000. So if you would like to purchase this patty, Marston Brothers Podcast, holler at us, MarstonBrothersGmail.com. We can probably negotiate. Since you're an MVP team member, why don't we break it down? Instead of $300,000, we will do one fifty. Let me know. 50% off is very generous. 50% off for my MVP crew. I don't understand. <clears throat> Is there, is there something that I'm missing? I mean, am I hating right now? Because I didn't think of posting a, a piece of banana or an apple. What would it be if I had an apple that was half eaten and there was a worm crawling in it? How much do you think that would be worth? Could not tell you. Well, you have to be able to say this is uh, expressionism. And then you have to paint the, the lore of abstract art. <laughs> And then at that point, can you argue for that type of price? So the name, again, the name of it is called Comedian. <laughs> that is the name of the art. I mean, if, if it's not a joke on the person who purchased it, then I don't know what to call it. So am I more mad at the wacky Italian artist or am I mad at the person who bought it? The person who bought it. Definitely the person who bought it. And once we get to the next episode <laughs> that Christopher's about to talk about. <laughs> like the comment that they wrote here. I want to read this because I don't understand what to do about it. So there was something in the article that the guy said that he didn't know how to to tell people what to do when it rots. He said, gallery owner said he expects to toss out the soon-to-be-rotting banana that's currently being showcased unless a buyer wants it. So this is literally depreciation at its finest. You have a banana that's 25 cents, goes up to 120000 in about four or five days, if nobody wants this $120,000 piece of art, it is thrown away in the trash. <laughs> so, again, I don't understand. Like, do you frame... Are you going to frame the banana peel? After the fact, do you, do you try to enclose it into something that's airtight and freeze it? Or do you just want to be the person that said, Hey, I bought a $120,000 banana. Mm. I mean, do if you keep it up, do flies fly around it? So then, do are flies then worth a hundred thousand or ten thousand dollars for each fly 
that flies and eats the banana? And then what do you do with that fly? Like, do you then have to encase the fly? Because that fly, instead of it being worth, you know, two cents somewhere, it's worth $2,000 because it's eating a piece of the $120,000 banana. That's a very good point. All right. I, I don't know what to do, but ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat because we do now have a third article that is a continuation of the second article. Do we have any other comments before we move on? No, I need to hear this last You know, one. again, I'm, I guess I can't be mad at the artist because you made your money. And for people who make their money, I'm not mad at you. Go on and be an entrepreneur. If you're able to find somebody who's silly enough to buy a banana for $120,000, then you do you. And let me know what I can do to make $120,000. All right, because if we're going to do the third article. So, not only is it only almost disrespectful that a banana is being sold for $120,000 one day while it was on display a man David Datuna I don't know we're gonna call him Datuna I don't know how to pronounce his last name David Datuna walked up past security on stage and peeled the banana that's worth $120,000 off of the wall and ate it while stunned onlookers watched him. That's right. You heard me correctly. The $120,000 banana that's duct taped to the wall. A man walked on stage, peeled off the tape, and ate it while people were watching. And he knew exactly what he was doing because he turned to his friends and said to get his lawyer on the line and to make sure that everything was okay before he proceeded to walk up take the banana and eat it and in fact he said he's sorry that he wasn't sorry and that he in fact called his act of eating it was also art he said that it was a performance and he called the performance uh, what did he call it hungry artist yes <laughs> you heard me correctly he called it hungry artist he said he was hungry, walked past everybody, walked on stage, and ate the banana because he was hungry. And that was his version of, and let me get this correct, I believe it was Impressionism. <laughs> he said that he was prepared to go to jail, and in fact, all they did was take his information, and the police took down his information, and apparently that was it. And they removed the exhibit or they removed the piece from the exhibit because people were outraged. I'm looking at a video, again, this is on CNN style, and literally what you see is you see a bunch of individuals who are taking photos of the camera. You have a bunch of individuals who are taking photos of the camera, of the banana, and you see the artist take out the duct tape, unpeel the banana, eat it and you see this whole crowd of like maybe hundreds of people who are literally like talking and shouting and taking photos and he shows the banana chews it he smiles he keeps on eating it and then he just walks off and everybody is outraged so again somebody i'm trying to figure out did the banana that was sold for one hundred twenty thousand dollars 
already sold? Did that guy eat it? <laughs> or is this the one that wasn't sold yet that was going to be sold? Because I feel like two of them were sold for 120 and one of them was waiting to be sold for 150 So did this guy eat a sold banana that was $120,000 and walk off with it and didn't have to pay for anything? Is that what I'm gathering from reading this story? I'm not sure, but the story that I read previously said that two bananas were sold for $120,000 each, and the third one was up for grabs for $150,000. I mean, this just sounds way too out there. This has to be a hoax of some sort. You know, maybe this was all a spectacle to get people in tune, checking it out, um, getting the hype for, you know, the art exhibits, you know, the galleries and whatnot, because it's just too crazy, you know? It says here, the gallery took all of my information and the police took all my information, he said. What's going to happen in the next few days, I don't know. It has to, it, is this, maybe you're right, Marvin. Maybe you might be onto something. Maybe this is a jokes on me thing, and this is just a whole big hoax to see whether or not people are falling for this and and how much attention this can garner. Because I'm just assuming that the publicity that is around not only this individual who made the portrait called comedian, but the actual artist who ate the banana. He's probably going to have a cult following himself. And that's probably the way that they're making... Just think how many people are looking up these guys' names. And just think how many people are now following these individuals because of all the news that's going on. I don't know. I wasn't mad at the YouTuber, but I am mad at these individuals. <laughs> um, and I'm also hating on them. I'm speechless. Nothing to say. I'm going to start randomly duct taping stuff to walls. Taking pictures, posting it online, and seeing if people take heed and want to buy it. I'm just joking. I'm not really going to be doing that. But, wow. I don't know, man. This is crazy. Craziness. The guy who ate the banana says, in this case, it's not like I ate art, Daytuna said. Like the gallery said, it is not a banana. It is a concept. And I just ate the concept of the artist. So I think this is cool. This is fun. This is what art is about. Uh, I don't know if that's how the dude who bought the painting or the concept for $120,000. I don't think that he likes the fact that his art just depreciated by 50% by chewing half of the banana. But you might be right. I think this has to be a hoax. And it's jokes Shame on us. CNN is making money off of the hits off the story. Art Basil is making money off of the hits. This guy is probably going to be selling lots more paintings. And the guy who bit the banana, his artwork probably just increased 100,000% because of this act that was going on. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. And, and if this is all actually true, then I spent six years of my life in pharmacies well i guess eight years including training well schooling everything i spent pretty much into my mid-20s just going to school for nothing when i've been eating a banana almost every day for all of my life and instead of making eating the banana i should have been painting the banana no nope. taping, taping it to a wall taping it to the wall i'm sorry 
I mean, I think I think that's probably more work than actually painting the banana. Yes. No. 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 I mean, I guess it takes time. You got to get that specific angle, and you got to make sure that you that lighting has to be perfect when you're taping it, and you got to make sure that the white is the perfect white to tr- to show the true contrast of the yellow to white. That's a stretch and a reach. I'm not buying it. Uh, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. I think on that note, I think... Is there anything else we want to add before we do our final takes? I cho- We chose these articles because we just wanted to show how... You can literally do anything that you want in this world and you can make money off of it. But... Let's talk about our take-home points that we want the audience to leave. So, my article was the article that was discussing the YouTuber. And for me, I guess my thing is, look, you find a concept, you make money off of it, do what you do. I guess I really can't be mad at you. And I'm glad that you've got these children who are becoming entrepreneurs and they have a social media platform. So... My thing is just remember, if you're having this platform, please make sure you realize how many influences you're having when you have this platform and make sure that you're doing whatever cause you want to do. Just make sure you believe in it and make sure that you're realizing who will follow you after that. And I guess whatever you do, do the most of whatever you can and you'll make money from it. So that would be my take from my YouTube article. Marvin, what do you think about your article Look, anything can be art. Art is in the eye of its beholder. Capture it. Express it. Sell it to the world. Mic drop. And Christopher? <laughs> if you're hungry, go ahead and eat what you see in front of you, I guess. I don't know. That's all I got for you. Oh man, alright So MVP crew, thank you again For an awesome opportunity We have been YouTubing, podcasting For over a year now I think it was around this time last year Maybe a little beforehand When we were doing our first episode at your house Christopher, look at that We're doing the last, we did the first episode At his house, the three of us When we were down And we're doing the last episode Uh Maybe the last episode of 2019 with Christopher at his house. So it all circles around you. Episode one, the introduction. Remember when we were all in Eli's room? Yeah, man. Huh. And we, we were doing the, the quick time and we did it off of one of your guys' computers, I think. And we were trying to figure out how that was. And we've come full circle now. Wow, time flies. Time, time flies. flies. So, MVP crew, you know, thank you again for everything. We won't necessarily do the end of the year shout-outs because I have a feeling we'll do one more podcast before the end of the year. But again, if you're liking what you are listening to and what you're seeing, please make sure to subscribe to Marcelin Brothers Podcast. You can find that on Apple. You know, you can actually Google Marcelin Brothers Podcast, and we're at that point now where... You Google that in and you're able to find us. So that means that we have a lot of viewers. We have a lot of individuals who are showing us some love to the point where we are actually rising up when we're doing Google searches. So thank you, MBP crew, for showing us the love, for giving us those likes because it seems like you like what we're doing. So check us out on Marston Brothers at gmail.com. 
Look us up at Marston Brothers Podcast. We're there for you. You're there for us. Thank you so much for continuing to support us. Make sure you like us. Give us some five-star reviews. And, you know, shoot us some emails. Tell us what you want to listen to. And continue with the with the suggestions that you're giving. Continue with the comments because we are better for you guys. So thank you very much for doing that. Anything else you guys want to add before we finish the Marston Family's Christmas episode? Merry Christmas! Happy Holidays. Make sure you enjoy your loved ones. And with that being said, see you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile. We're out. Hello. Thanks for listening to the Marston Brothers Podcast. And remember, do work and make a difference in somebody's life. What are you doing? To a microphone. Are you talking to the microphone? Yeah. Are you making noise? Yeah. How old are you? Two. Two. Yeah, I two. Okay. <laughs> what else are you doing? I do a three. You're three? A ten. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Four. Yeah, four. And five. Okay. Six. Very good. You're going to play with... Play with Grandma? No, I play Eli, okay? Eli's sleeping. Are you going to take a nap? No. Okay. I want to go on a cruise. What do you want to do? I'm going to go on a cruise. When are you going on a cruise? I'm going to go on a cruise. Maybe another time. Okay. All right. All right. All right, I'm going to press ready? stop. We're ready? Yeah. Okay. Sink. Why are you picking your nose? See? You're picking your boogers. I got this. Okay. I think we've got enough video, right? Yeah. We got enough recording? Yeah. Are we going to pay you royalties? Yeah. Okay. Anything else do you want to say? Yeah. What else do you want to say? Uh, uh, my teeth. Your teeth? What color are your teeth? What's that? What's what? What's that? That's, I don't know. You tell me. What's that? Okay. All right, Philia.